my name is Debbie Mann, and this is Keep Your Packer Up podcast. We are recording in, I'm in Kitchener, and my guest, Erin Curtis, you in Waterloo? I am in Waterloo. In Waterloo. Welcome, Erin. Thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Erin and I, as you've heard in some of the other recordings, are teammates on the Dragon Boat, on our Dragon Flyers Dragon Boat team. And she agreed to do this podcast with me. So I'm pretty excited. So Erin, when were you diagnosed? The official date? No, just around. (laughs) You have the official date. (laughs) I do. June 19th, 2017. It happened to be my son's eighth birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that one will always stick. (laughs) Don't always do well with dates, but that one's going to stick around. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. Now, you were diagnosed on that day, or you found your lump? That was the official word day. So that was the official diagnosis. I had a pretty good suspicion about a month before that. So tell us, what was your process to get there? So it was a long one, surprisingly enough. So that January, January 2017, I guess it was, I called the doctor because I felt a lump, and I wasn't sure. And it didn't seem like it's not like a typical like pebble lump. It was bigger, flatter, I don't know how you describe it. It didn't feel like there was a marble in there, right? Not, which I was expecting if there was going to be a lump. So I called the doctor anyways, finally got up the courage because I have a bit of white coat syndrome and I don't love going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So I called finally and yeah, he kind of felt around and he's like, it doesn't feel like a regular cyst. I'm going to send you for a mammogram and ultrasounds. Okay. And I just assumed it was normal because I had talked to my sister-in-law who actually has a history of breast cancer in her family. And she's like, she had just gone through this. So it was pretty normal. And then hers came back negative. So I wasn't freaked out really by at this point. I went to the doctor, went, did the ultrasound and stuff weeks later, which he had to write specific reasoning why, because I was 39 at the time. And they don't do them under people under 40. They don't do what under 40, Aaron? The mammograms. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. He said they don't normally do it unless it's special circumstances for people under 40. So he wrote them a big long novel on the requisition. And then I went out to Freeport and had the stuff done. And a couple weeks later, they called me and they said, you know what, it looks like just a simple cyst. Like they recommend following up in three months just to see, make sure nothing's changed or whatever, right? May go away on its own. Okay. Again, not loving the medical system, (laughs) not the system, just going there, right? I'm like, okay, sure. Three months it is. So I ended up going back in May and my doctor, again, felt around. He's like, this hasn't gotten any smaller. I'm like, no, no, it hasn't gotten anywhere. And he said, do you want me to try to aspirate it? Because he, uh, I think it went on to explain that during his residency or whatever, he had worked with a doctor for a number of years who dealt with cancer and tumors and stuff. He's like, it doesn't feel like a normal cyst. It's much harder. Okay. (laughs) Again, I'm like, you're the boss. He's like, whatever. Tell me you've got the letters behind your name. So He said, you want me to try to aspirate it? And I said, sure. Loving needles also. But he used just a regular kind of needle. I don't know. Something like a diabetic would use, right? A regular syringe. Okay, yeah. He was kind of poking around and poking around. He's like, I can't get anything. Like, okay. And so that was uncomfortable. (laughs) All right. So he said, I'm going to send you out to Freeport and they'll use ultrasound and do a guided aspiration. Okay. So I went out there the beginning of May, beginning of June, somewhere around there. Maybe it was beginning of June. And they used the, the lady, actually the nurse, 
and I'm not knocking nurses. I love them. They, I could not do what they do. I'm so amazed by them. She's kind of gave me a bit of the third degree about why are you here? Like, it doesn't need to be aspirated. It's just a cyst. Kind of the undertones of what she was telling me. I'm like, okay. So now I felt like crap for being there in the first place. And she ended up, they brought in, I don't know, whatever doctor it is that does it. And they were poking around and poking around. And you could just tell by the looks on their faces, it wasn't going how they expected. Hmm. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so then eventually they managed to get just a tiny bit of fluid. And she said, there's blood in it. And she's like, but don't panic. That's very normal. It could just be we where we actually got into it or whatever. She's like, don't panic. And then on the way out, I can't remember what the nurse said to me, but she made another comment. And I was like, this isn't good, was what I left there feeling like, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so a couple weeks later, maybe, I don't even know. I think it wasn't even a week later, I would say. My doctor's office called and I love them to pieces. They've retired now, but his wife was the um, nurse in the office. And she called and left a message because I was picking the kids up from the bus. I remember all these crazy details. And uh, she just said, I need you and Scott to come in tomorrow, which is a Friday at like four o'clock, which is well after office hours. And she said, don't bring the kids. So at that point, <laughs> you know, like you kind of, then it was just waiting for it to be official after that. Right. Uh, so I would say it was well before the 19th that I knew, but it was actually confirmed that day. So then I ended up going back. My doctor knows how much I don't like doctors and hospitals and stuff. So he had tried to, he went to the surgeon directly and just tried to get him to do surgery and take it out like skip all the other steps but they sent me they sent me for a, a biopsy and then so that must have been like I think it was a, a week before I actually got the official maybe two weeks before the official diagnosis and then I almost missed the official appointment because they didn't call me to tell me so somehow or other I got lost on the uh what do you um, mean you missed the appointment for what well I almost did for the to see the surgeon Oh, okay. Oh my God. Because he's the one who gave me the news. It was the surgeon who gave you the news? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't yeah. your GP. No. Well, he said when I went to see him before they did the biopsy, he said they found some suspicious cells and he said it, there's, then he explained there's two types of cancer it could be if it was that, but they didn't, they weren't a hundred percent sure at that point. Wow. So then, yeah, I was at work. It was a Monday and they called and I hadn't talked to anybody at work about this at all. I kept it to myself. It wasn't really took the odd day off here and there. It was basically I hadn't told anyone. It was between my husband and I. No one else knew. And uh, yeah, so they called me and they said, well, can you come in? The, the surgeon's running behind. Can you come in an hour later for your appointment? I'm like, what appointment? <laughs> I didn't know I had an appointment. And so because no one called me. <laughs> so then we ended up, I had to go alone because my husband's teacher and he couldn't come with me so yeah that's the sucky story of that part <laughs> wow so but. you went and actually got your diagnosis on your own I did yep. yeah they don't recommend that <laughs> no not usually no <laughs> but they usually recommend giving you a heads up when you have an appointment <laughs> yes yeah yeah they usually do <laughs> so I think what had happened was there was a nurse navigator or something they were called and she was kind of coordinating things at this point right all the the biopsies and the appointments and stuff setting things up and she had mentioned she's like I think you'll have an appointment around the 19th but then that was all like no one gave me a time no one I don't even know if I knew with who 
Um, at that point I might have and so then yeah when his office called I'm like what so I ran out of my office to get there I was just like I have an appointment and I'm not coming back because it was the afternoon so wow then I had to own up to it actually I take that back I may have told one person at work not my boss just a friend of mine I may have told her at that point that I was just waiting for an appointment at some point and I may have to leave so I think that is how that went down I might have told her wow Wow, that that yeah. sucks. That's a long story, eh? <laughs> no, but it's a you know what though? What I think it's important that people know that things like this happen. It's we watch way too much TV and it all seems so smooth. <laughs> and it's really yeah. not. It's just no, not. Not at all. No, uh, and I was just the part that sticks with me is just the nurse's comments to me that day, and I was like, wow, <laughs> okay. Wow. Erin, that, that's awful. Yeah. What was the next process for you? That was the 19th. And then the next week I went to, so the tumor itself, I had to write it down. I wrote, I'm not a journaler. I don't do journals. Ever. Yeah. But I started to, cause I'm like, something tells me I'm going to want to remember what happened when for all of this stuff. Right. And, and yeah. uh, so I wrote some things down. The tumor was, well, he said 15 by three. 15 centimeters by three centimeters 15 centimeters yeah I think the official I got before was seven and a half was another I think when I read the actual report but that was a big tumor yeah it wasn't small (laughs) oh my gosh I always say it was like the size of my first finger it was about that big wow so that's why when people think tumor I don't know maybe it's just me you think like ball yeah yes (laughs) exactly because when this was not a ball no kidding and did it no. feel like that when you found it, it did it feel like flat like it just hard. felt flat okay and, but and then it was when I looked at it after it was starting to pucker a little bit but I mean it makes you wonder I'm like how long has this been like this and I just didn't realize I think of the point when I realized it was different from the other side is when it caught on right I'm like wait a minute but so did you say that your nipple puckered no it was the skin above Oh, this is gonna so, so it was at the top. It okay, kind of like I would say noon to two, kind of. Okay, we were looking at the clock. All right, to the top. So yeah, yeah. So next steps. What happened next? Actually, thankfully for me, a good friend of ours is a naturopath. So my husband immediately went to him and said, "What do we do?" <laughs> right, because my husband's very much into health and wellness and tends to err on the side of natural treatments wherever he can. Right. Yeah. So. And of course, you read all these things. There's kind of the far, far to one side where, oh, you can cure everything with vitamin C or whatever. And then there's the other side of things where they just want to do chemo and pump you full of who knows what, right? Western medicine. So yeah. he went to the naturopath and, and he was just like, immediately, this is what they're going to tell you. This is what they're going to want you to do. And he said, that's fine. Do it. Oh, wow. And I was like, so he really? didn't try to dissuade you from it. No, not at all. No. So his approach is let's keep you healthy as much as we can through it all. And let's make the chemo more effective. Wow. What a so great attitude. I like, I'm in on that. Cause I don't really, I mean, I just went into let's get through this, solve the problem, get through it mode. Right. Like that's right. how I dealt with it all. <laughs> right. So did you, when you were diagnosed, I asked this because I've had a couple of other conversations with women. Did you look at this as a death sentence or did you feel that it was because me personally I was scared I mean cancer is a, mm-hmm. a very scary word 
but as I went through it, I never really thought of it any, I didn't think of it as it was going to be the end of my life. I just felt like I had to get through this. This was like a, an interruption in my life. I think right away. Oh, I cried. I cried. Yeah. Like when I got the phone call from the doctor to come with my husband and not the kids. And I was like, I cried. <laughs> yeah. I was off the bathroom for a little while. I was like, okay. And then the kids were doing God knows what. And <laughs> thankfully <laughs> oblivious to it. Right. They were yeah. five, almost five and eight at the time. So it was just, yeah, but I never really, I, there was the occasional time, I think, going through treatment when I might have had those thoughts, mm-hmm. just because you feel like crap. Yes. <laughs> right? And yeah. it's just like, oh, but then, and you see people going into the, to and from the cancer center and, you know, you're like, wow. There's, so there was the odd moment where it was like, this could kill me. <laughs> yeah. But then there's a lot of, the survival rate is huge with this, right? So. That I just kept telling myself, I'm like, not a big deal. We'll get through it. And to be honest, like I said, when it when I first was diagnosed, okay, now how do we fix it? Right. Right. Like, what do I do? Like, what's next? Like, let's get this underway. Like, it wasn't even so much that it was happening to me. Sometimes it was like, okay, well, how do we make it go away? Like, what do I do? What's next? Right. Yep. Keep yep. this train moving. So, and the train moved fast. So yeah, I went to work on the. So that was a Monday. The following Monday, I had all my appointments by then. So I had to have a conversation with my boss. So, and then, yeah, it was like Monday, I think I met or I started doing all these tests, like the bone test and the the scans and stuff. And then the Tuesday, I actually met the oncologist. And then Thursday, I started my first round of chemo. Really? It was that fast? Yeah. Wow. So like you were, it was less than a week from diagnosis. Yeah. It was like the following Tuesday. Wow. I guess eight days. That's, uh, wow. That's, that is fast. That's really fast. I think part of it, so because of the size, they opted to do chemo first. Okay. I think what he had said is anything over two and a half centimeters, they do chemo first and try to shrink it. And then they do surgery after. So that was what was later and then radiation at the end. So, yeah. How many chemo treatments did you have? I had eight in total. Eight in total. And were they, were they different what was your diagnosis? So, well, I guess at that point you didn't even know, right? What the, what oh, I did. Cancer- so, yeah. So he told me, cause that was what it came down to when I saw the oncologist or the surgeon, <laughs> he's the one who told me first. So he said that it was invasive ductal carcinoma. And do you know what that is? <laughs> ductal and, cancer. And, <laughs> yeah. That's all that needed to be said really. I'm like, um, Okay. So it was something, it was in the ducts. And it oh, oh um, I see. Okay. I that's what it is. It's not like a, just a mass, I guess. it's a, Right. And did they die? So they would have had to re- have the surgery to be able to determine more, whether it was hormone, like hormone, her, her two positive, all of that. Right. Well, I had all the, like I had the blood work done and then I did, they wanted to do genetic testing on me as well. So okay. I did that. I, to be honest, by the time surgery came around, they were struggling to find anything. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Chemo worked. Yes. So what happened, and this is, and I'm not trying to shamelessly promote anything. <laughs> um, I think it, I honestly owe it to a combination of chemo and the naturopathic treatments. Wow. To be honest with you. So yeah, it was um, because everything moved so fast, we ended up 
I didn't. So they asked me if I wanted to pick line or report. I'm like, I don't know what those are, right? Because <laughs> in those two days of scans and meeting the person, and they hand you this big thick binder in the cancer center, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I know and there's like, oh, so I think much. that's gonna happen to you. I'm like, what? <laughs> so much information is thrown at you. It's like yes. a library, right? Yes. Yes. It's, and it's overwhelming. It really yes. is. It is. And I was pretty like. I felt like I was pretty level-headed about it, right? So I wasn't like hysterical or any of that stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, I still like, how do you keep all all this in my head? This is crazy. So that's why I was like, I started to write things down because this is so much. But yeah, yeah, so I don't, I guess they got that diagnosis from the cells that they found when they did the biopsy, I think is what, where the diagnosis came from. Okay. Yeah, we did the treatment. So I ended up, getting a port but that was after the first treatment so I got the red devil as it was called yeah mm-hmm. so the first four were that and the last four were taxol but uh, I have very okay. thick veins to begin with we ended up I'm like just give me the port so then I had to have that put in after the first treatment but yeah I did my first treatment and then is it the next day I don't know I have to look at my notes to see but shortly thereafter I did have to remember what it's called I did a natural treatment which they've been doing in Germany for like 30 years yeah they do it with their so you do chemo and then you go and do this hyperthermia can't remember type or hypo <laughs> i threw it all and then i forgot what's the actual process for that hyperthermia it's hypothermia hyperthermia whichever one heats you up what you do is you lay in a bed it's almost like a water bed yeah and then he had like a big disc it's Canada, like government approved. So it wasn't like some radical thing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, there isn't a lot of it that happens in Canada just yet. I think there's like five or six machines in Canada. So he has people coming from like the States from all over the place to have treatment, but it was like a disc. And then he would put it like over the tumor and kind of surrounding area. Yeah. And then it heats those cells up to like, I don't know, some crazy temperature. You don't feel it yourself. You get a little bit warm, but it's not like you know, he was cooking me or anything. It was just that area. <laughs> it was localized. And then it makes the cells more receptive to the chemo. Okay. So, oh, so it, so it's not a treatment to... It's not something you do on its own. You do it to increase the effectiveness. The effectiveness. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a substitution for... No. Okay. No. Nope. Which you said and, that, but it's yep. interesting. So it's to work in conjunction with the chemo and mm-hmm. okay. How interesting is that? Yeah. So I did one of those. I would usually, and I think the first one was because everything was so rushed, right? It was a little wonky, but after that I would, so I would go to chemo in the morning and then I would go to his office in the afternoon and do the, the hypothermia. I, go, I should really remember this, but I'm going to blame it on chemo brain. That's what I blame everything. Yeah. On, so. Yeah. I know. But, me too. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's um, yeah, it was, and you just lay there for an hour. Right. So I think towards the end of the treatments, I was starting to feel a little bit nauseous, but also as part of, I guess, his treatment, he said to fast for 24 hours before I had chemo, which again, your cells are starved. Right. So those in the chemo when it goes into your body, making it more effective. Oh, so even after the, first treatment there was a huge reduction in the size of the tumor already like my oncologist was like wow (laughs) and she I I did mention to her that I was doing this and I got lucky that I got one who I don't know if she's understanding or turned a blind eye (laughs) however you wish to look at it but she didn't 
like can't not I guess they can't turn you away as a patient but she didn't give me grief about it she just kind of let it happen and I think then the results were starting to speak for themselves how interesting so did you had eight treatments total plus eight of these you're not this hypothermia treatment mm-hmm. Hmm. I think I had eight maybe more I can't remember definitely one after each you might not have done two okay. I think it was only one after each yeah okay wow so it shrunk the tumor it helped to shrink. Did mm-hmm. you, were you on any kind of supplements we were I did for a while I definitely I was doing high dose vitamin c so intravenous right okay um I want to say once or twice a week for that as well and then he had me on a bunch of other stuff to be honest I don't know that I ever wrote it down (laughs) so some of the things I remember there was um, like turmeric I think it's turmeric turmeric yeah high dose yeah for inflammation right so yes I was taking a high dose of that and was um, that like capsules or? Yeah, that was okay. capsules. And then yeah. one of the other things, there was a few others I tried. I didn't keep up with all of them because it just got to be overwhelming. I'm like, I can't just keep taking all this stuff. The other one, though, I do remember was mistletoe. What, what was that doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember okay. the science behind it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Again, too much information, right? Your husband knew, right? Yeah. Well, so your husband was stuff. keeping, yeah. So your husband probably kept yeah. track of all of that for you. And let's yeah. face it, when you're going through chemo, your brain is fried. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we did the fasting, we did the hyperthermia, we did the vitamin C for sure. And then the, the mistletoe I kept on for a while. It was a daily injection uh, into my stomach. So my husband had to play nurse, which he is not meant to be. It's not a career choice for him at all. I felt like a human dartboard at one point. I'm like, no, <laughs> no more. Actually, I was reacting to it, which the naturopath knew would happen. Like you said, that's common, but it just got to be too much. And I would see the needle coming and freak out. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Right between the port and the vitamin C and the giving the blood every two weeks and the cancer. I'm like, I, I, no, <laughs> no more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then the weekly injections for or the post-treatment injection for the, your immune system, right? Right. The shots for that. So yeah. Yeah. I don't like needles in the first place. So this is not my thing. Yeah. And that's the hard part when you're, yeah, it's the hard part. You have to buck up, unfortunately. Right. And yeah, it's a mindset. It's really having to get over it. Well, (laughs) it's, it's having to get over your fears or whatever your ad, adversity against it is it and it's not easy it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination so the tumor shrunk quite a bit did you end up getting any surgery at all I yeah so I had to they actually after the second treatment maybe they ended up putting in a titanium clip as they called it so that they could find it because even by the time they tried to do the the titanium clip they could have you were having trouble it took like three nurses to try to feel around to figure out where they needed to put this clip yeah. So, That's, that so it was, pinpoints it for the surgeon, right? Yeah. 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 So then I had surgery. I finished treatment. I think the beginning of October was my last one. And then I had surgery in November on my mother-in-law's birthday, the day before my mother-in-law's birthday. <laughs> so I, I noticed a theme here. <laughs> so yeah, I had the surgery then and I forget what he said. It just, a, I had a lumpectomy and they took some lymph nodes. 
And there was no sign that anything was in the lymph nodes, but I think they took them as a precaution. Yeah, they do that, right? Just to make mm-hmm. sure it hasn't gone anywhere. Do you know how many they took? I probably have it written down. I want to say the number four comes to mind. Maybe six. Okay, yeah. Not not an, a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that went well. And then my surgeon is a brother. His brother is a famous NHL coach. And so I remember coming out of recovery and him and my husband talked about hockey. I'm like, hello. Here. <laughs> His brother was in his office? No, no, just the, the surgeon. Oh, you're, you're the surgeon. You're yeah. talking. Yeah, I'm laying here, like, <laughs> trying to eat a popsicle. I'm like, so about me, what's next? Okay, so he did the surgery. Yeah, it was a generous lumpectomy, as he put it. A generous lumpectomy. Yeah. I and mean, they got all the bit. margins? Yeah, yeah, good. the results came back good. Um, so, yeah, everything went well with that. Did they end up finding out where you... The diagnosis was it her too? Was it no? So I'm triple negative. You're a triple negative too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. There was like, there's no history. There's history of cancer. My mom and my grandfather are both. Well, my grandfather was a smoker, and my mom is as well. So my mom has bladder cancer. As a result, my grandfather died from lung cancer that metastasized to his brain. So, but those were independent. So when I talked to the genetic testing lady. <laughs> She said that, you know, those are kind of direct results is what she was trying roundabout to say. Right. Of, <laughs> of, of the, their habits. The smoking. Yeah. 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 So those were lifestyle. Um, otherwise, no one in my family has any sort of breast cancer or history of it. Or, okay. So straight out of left field, this one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Everything is good now? Everything is good. Yeah. I, well, I'm because of COVID didn't have my mammogram so I got pushed back till the end of July but yeah I did the phone call with the oncologist and she's like oh everything sounds okay so so are you still under your oncologist care I am for how long I may, uh I think that she's going to see me she said she'll see me in like November or something and then she's going to because it's almost it hasn't been three years yet okay so and I may be because my family doctor retired I literally trusted him with my life. And so I was like, I don't really want, I don't know this new person. Like someone took over his practice and I hadn't met him. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to fall in the cracks of anything just yet. I'm like, can you give me a little more time? And so I think that, I don't know if that was part of it or she was just keeping track of me, I guess. But yeah, yeah mine. Go ahead. I was just going to say, they didn't give me any, like I'm not on any long-term anything, right? I know some of the other ladies on the team have taken all these medications yeah, long-term, but that's not me. Yeah. And that's so. pr- probably because they're estrogen positive. They're probably, right. t- they're taking tamoxifen or something like that. Uh, yeah. Electrozole some... or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So all of, you're still sort of under doctor care. Mm-hmm. Did you get involved? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Your oncology, oncology, I meant, because yeah. my oncologist, the minute I was pretty much done, um, she transferred me over to my general practitioner. Oh, really? No, mine yeah. said two years for sure. Afterwards, mine, so. Nope. I was okay. gone. I was booted out of there. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. See you later. Um, so how did you find out about Dragon Bonnet? Because that's where we met. and. Mm-hmm. Well, so, before we go there, 
How was Scott around all of this? He was good. I think that I wouldn't have, he is emotional, more emotional than I am usually. <laughs> He's the one who cries at the movies. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he hid it well. Uh, he took me to all my appointments. Obviously, like, thankfully it happened in the summer. I guess if there's a silver lining, it was right. that I wasn't diagnosed back in January or whenever they first, you know, I first had it tested. Right. Because uh, he was home for the summer. So, yeah, he was awesome. He did lots of homework. He obviously he reached out to the naturopath first because I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I had a spinning. So he kind of took control of all of that, took care of the kids. Like, yeah, he made it quote unquote easy. <laughs> Oh, that's easy, good. Right? right? And did you tell the kids? We did. We didn't tell them. So the my son's birthday was on the Monday. We didn't tell them until Wednesday. Right. So I had to call, like I called my parents. I talked to some of my extended family because of the genetic testing. Right. right? I just wanted to let them know. I'm like, if anything comes back, I'll let you know. Because, you know, my cousins and aunts and nieces, and like, you'll need to know. Or I'll give you the information you can do with it as you please, <laughs> right? So there's this possibility that it could just not be a fluke. Thankfully, it was kind of a fluke, so. Oh, good. Well, but, good yeah. for everybody else, not so good for you. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'd rather it just impact one of us than all of us, right? So Correct, yeah. I'd have to, and especially having a daughter myself, I'm like, I don't really want to have to worry about that for her. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still a concern. You can't ever ignore it, but. It's yep. not a, more of a threat, I guess, right? Well, and as a parent, let's face it, you mm-hmm. don't want anything to happen to your kids, right? Yep. Well, and then they were talking when I talked to the genetic testing person. She said, oh, well, you know, it could be any. They tested 19 different genes. Yeah. And she was going through like all of them saying, well, if it's this one, then it's linked to this, 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 and this. If it's that one, it's linked to this, 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 and this. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so it, it wasn't just like breast cancer, right? It was like, colon or the prostate or like all these different things and so it could have impacted either of my kids or anyone mm. in my family so I was like well it's good to know wow. so, thankfully all my genes are normal so it's good <laughs> good well that's the good news yeah so that's, that's as part news. of the treatment they I think the very first day they talked about WellFit mm-hmm. right and that you could as a patient go to WellFit and uh, my husband's ears perked up immediately mine not so much <laughs> was not super active prior to this right I felt like I was just busy and that was that yeah I said that I'd be interested in it and then I kind of or I took the information and I was like can I just get through like one treatment and we'll see how I feel <laughs> right and then we'll talk about this and plus it was the summertime and we had already made plans because this wasn't on our list of things to do for the summer and <laughs> So it's like we had camping plans and we were actually trying to book because we were turning 40, us and our group of friends that year. So we were trying to plan a, a week away for the, the bunch of us to celebrate, right? So yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> but we had other stuff to do. I'm like, I don't want to be tied down with this. Like, let's just see what this all looks like. Because it was a full week of stuff, right? You know yourself, treatment week is like, it was like a full week. Yeah. <laughs> Appointments and blood work and then fasting and pills like yeah yeah after shots and I'm like I was the epitome of hangry the days I had to fast and so let's let's not work out these days yeah so I ended up in the fall I got into the well fit program yeah and 
yeah, I saw the flyer and that's kind of, I had done it once before. I spent a weekend as a charity thing with another organization when I worked at the bank. They were doing a charity fundraiser. And so I had done it and I remember thinking it was how much fun I had. And so when it was there, I'm like, this might be it. Because the only thing that, and actually the naturopath had said this to me too, he's like, the only thing they're going to tell you is to exercise and watch your diet. It's like, that's the only treat they're going to give you. So that's the only thing you change about your life. Do it. And so the exercise is stuck. The diet, maybe not. So <laughs> <laughs> I did well for a while. High five, sister. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, right? You hear like, oh, so and so had a heart attack, but look at their eating terrible food. And it's like, oh, that's me right now, right? Like, it's, you understand how hard it is to change. It is. And it's, Until- yeah, it really is, Aaron. You just got to do it really, I hate this term, but in bite-sized pieces, right? It's, yeah. it's um, yeah, you just got to do what you can do in the, in the moment. So you went to Elfit. Mm-hmm. Saw the flyer. Saw the flyer. Sent the email. Okay, so. And then I feel like it was Allison maybe who got back to me. I can't remember now. Okay. Now, when did you join? Was it 2018? No. Well, yeah. I, cause I had surgery in November, 2017. And then I started radiation in uh, the beginning of 2018. Actually, I think I started after Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Christmas, January, 2018. And so I just finished radiation and then I joined the winter training group. Oh, that's right. So yes. that's where I first showed up. <laughs> I remember I that. Say it was like March or something, right? Yeah. January, actually it started. Mm-hmm. And it went till May, right? Yeah, I think I got in around around March was the end of it. Okay. Because I right. was definitely wasn't there the whole time. Right, right. But yeah. And so then your first year and only year on the boat was 2019. <laughs> no, I was there. I had 2018. Oh, 2018, 2018 right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so I had two summers. Yeah. And how are you finding it? I love it. I actually yeah. got my paddle out the other day and I sat at the side of the pool and paddled <laughs> <laughs> for old time's sake. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was that person. Um, excellent. Did you switch sides? No, that was no. the only thing. And the concrete, right? Sitting on the concrete oh, yeah. stretched out is a very different feeling from sitting on the seat. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, did, I love it. I do too. And do you find it... Um, like, how do you find being around the women? I love that it's not just about cancer, right? Because that was my big thing. Um, one of the first things that really stuck with me after I was uh, chatting with Jen. She was one of the first people I really talked to because she sat like a good front of me or behind me. She was behind me because she was clawing my back off with her <laughs> ring. Every time she paddled, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, is it raw back there? Like, apparently I need to lean forward, right? Um, but she was talking to me after and she's like yeah she said you just got to put that in the rearview mirror and go forward and that really I mean that's not an exact quote something to that effect right and I'm like you just nailed it on the head for me like I can't this can't be a dwell on it thing and I don't think I ever really did but yeah and that's the beauty it's it's easy to fall into the feel sorry for why this happened to me and all that stuff I'm like "Mm -hmm." and that's the beauty about the boat right we've all had it we're there to yep. support each other when something happens, but we have fun. I, I keep saying this yeah. in each of the, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and no, it's not just about the cancer. It's like, 
yeah, getting out, having fun, keeping active and it's kind of the common thread we have that brought us all together. Yeah. 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 It's highly recommend. And did you find, so let me finish that thought. Mm -hmm. A highly recommended, like not just dragon boating, but getting involved with some sport of some sort, if whether you're sick or not, I mean, let's face it, it, it's important to do, but as a, someone who has gone through cancer, it's kind of nice to be around people who have had it. Yes. And you don't feel bad when you're having a bad day or when something scary happens. It's, it's really good. It's true. Oh my gosh. Sorry, monkey. No, I a hundred percent agree. It's nice that we can chat and uh, make jokes about it and not have to take it too seriously. But then, you know, if someone's going to you're going for a test or a scan or you're waiting for results, like you can have a conversation with someone and know that they understand what you're feeling. Right. 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 Which is the beauty so, about it. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the world. Are- oh, sorry. I was just going to say sometimes like that was magnificent through the whole thing. I couldn't have done it without him, but there were sometimes I just felt like he didn't get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A, yes, exactly. And, and it's like anything, if you've never experienced it, it's hard to share what's going on. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm not good with uh, sharing emotions or like talking about it. I'm not an overly emotional person on the outside. So that was hard for me. Right. And the biggest challenge for me through the whole thing was like making others not feel bad. I didn't want anyone else to be uncomfortable about it. Hard to do. It is for sure. Like yeah, telling hard. my parents and like I told them over the phone because I didn't want to see their reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You can't. <laughs> and yes it's hard it's hard because you're the one going through it they're helpless around it and it's never easy no it's definitely not so just out of curiosity any words of wisdom for anybody out there oh geez (laughs) do the best you can i don't know keep your you just got to stay positive and just get through it count it down do whatever you have to do to get through it yeah, um, do whatever you have to do to get through it. I think that's... Because it's not... I know everybody takes it differently. And even talking to some of the other ladies, right? Like, I can tell that our approaches may have been different. But for me, it was like, treatment tomorrow means one less I have to do, right? Like, let's get through it. I'm looking towards the end. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of, I guess, take the same approach to working out too, right? <laughs> How many more of these to do? I'm like, I have a set number. It's all... <laughs> get through that. That's it. <laughs> Done for the day. Days. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like in the boat, right? It's when Bronwyn is saying, dig deep, push the water. It's like, how many more of these can I do? And it's like, you just do it, right? Yeah, she doesn't give me a number. It's a whole lot harder. Like I find (laughs) if I have a finish line, I'm much better at it. And you know, for me, when I, when I, ha- I can't know the finish line because, oh really? yeah, then I just went, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, we're close enough. <laughs> so, well, Aaron, thank you so much for doing the keep your pecker up podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for you to have this. Thank you. Have you listened yeah, to any of them? I haven't had a chance yet. I was just thinking about someone I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't even listened to them yet. They're on my radar. It's just, Good. even Good. though COVID's happening, right? I know lots of people, I see all their posts and all the great things they're doing. And I'm like, I'm still working 40 hours a week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? like, here's oh. the thing though, but you're still working from home. You're a mom. 
Yeah. I mean, you can only do what you can do, right? Yeah, I mean, by 9.30, I'm tapped out. And I'm yes. Like, I haven't watched TV and I don't know how long. <laughs> well, you know what? With COVID-19, <laughs> there's really not a whole lot on TV. That's exactly <laughs> it. There's nothing worth watching anyways. But it's sometimes a great like, brain brain freeze for you, right? Like yeah, stop the world mindless. for a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've tried to do so. some baking and even that I find the baking leads to the eating and the eating is like, contrary to the doctor's recommendation. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, for so, sure, yeah. for sure. Well, yeah. again, thank you so much for doing the Keep Thanks It Pecker Up podcast with me and uh, I'll let you know when it's up and running. And awesome. for the listeners, thank you and hope you'll tune in again. Take Thanks, care. Debbie. Bye. 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 Bye.